So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just gonna put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's gonna go 8-4 this year and half those kids are gonna transfer. Are you sure? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this shit show that we call a podcast. Uh, I think that's going to be the intro going forward. I did it last week. I like it. So just welcome back to this shit show of a podcast is what we're going for, where we talk about Nazis, communists, Brian Kelly killing kids, and sometimes college football. I'm back with Kiernan. As always, Kiernan, how are you doing, pal? I'm doing great. Can't wait for the uh, CFP rankings and everything to screw everyone over. Oh, buddy, those. Did you watch the rankings announcement yesterday? No, I don't watch those things. I was putting something else on and they were on. So I was like, okay. Okay, yeah. And the top four not moving, I don't have too much of an issue with. But we'll get into that later. Uh, There's a glaring fucking omission from the cultural playoff rankings. Mm -hmm. There's two... But we don't care about Liberty. So James Madison and Liberty are both undefeated right now. And our FBS teams and are unranked. That is bullshit. Liberty is can still play in bowl games, I think. I think their ban, waiting period, whatever's over. James Madison not being allowed to bowl, go bowling, is fucking bullshit. Yeah. I agree. I think it's it's one of those situations where I understand the rule as it was written, but I'm looking at it now and I'm going, yeah, I think you could have probably signed that waiver to let them let them go because if you're nine and zero, you deserve a spot in the top twenty five, and if you're nine and zero, you're going bowling. So like you know, the fact that you're preventing them from doing that is is annoying at this point i think for most fans yeah and like look if fcs said hey if you move down from the fbs level to the fcs level you cannot play in our playoffs for a year or two Mm -hmm. i think that would make a little more so that would make sense Mm -hmm. because they have the facilities that come with fbs that fcs schools don't have Mm -hmm. giving them an unfair advantage so i think that's a fair rule Going from FCS to FBS, I think that's just, you'd be embarrassed. I think that NCAA does not want these schools to come out the gates swinging and beating teams. Mm -hmm. They think it's bad for the brand, so they don't want it, so they're not going to allow it to be on New Year's. They don't want them in a New Year's Six Bowl. They don't want them in any noteworthy bowl. Maybe if the GoDaddy.com bowl was still around, they would let Mm -hmm. them play in that bullshit, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's it seems and it is it is a brand protection thing. Like don't get me wrong, if they went in and and beat say number 11 Louisville on a on a bowl game in you know late December, that would look really bad for Louisville and worse for the fact that uh a school only recently I don't want to say promoted because that gives a relegation promotion vibe, but yeah, but you know which what I mean. there should it, be, honestly. There should be. It would be so much fun. Anyway, it's the top but, 25 and then the next step down. Yeah, or like, God forbid, they play a historic powerhouse. They play a Texas. They play an Oklahoma, an Alabama. I don't want to say a Notre Dame, but a Notre Dame. And win? Oh my God, the fucking NCAA would freak out. The ratings, the merch would be unreal for that, though. Yeah, I think I think the whole if if that were to truly happen, and they didn't beat like just a, I don't want to say a no name ranked team, but like if if we're gonna be a little bit honest, like UNC, Kansas State, Tulane, right where the twenty late uh, high twenties are or mid twenties, I guess. Um, if they were to beat that, I think the whole of reality 
would simply dissolve and it, it, there would just be a new level that says level two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Also, get to keep keep Tulane's name out of your fucking mouth. That is three time SEC champion Tulane to you. My apologies. That's more SEC championships than Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Missouri, South Carolina, Texas A&M, or Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's the most embarrassing because they've been in the SEC for a while. All those other ones kind of joined late, except like Mississippi State. But yeah, so put to, put some respect on Tulane's name, first off. Okay, then recently, they're not that good. And hey, I'm not talking beat, about this year. I'm talking about previous years. They beat USC at a bowl game last year. Don't you forget it. Uh, I, I'll go to bat for the green wave if no one else does. Uh <laughs> But also, we aren't the only ones who have an issue with the NCAA's bullshit. James Madison has made it their life goal to fuck up the hopes and dreams of every other NCAA sport. Their basketball team just beat number four-ranked Michigan. Mm -hmm. Their women's soccer team just punched their ticket into the postseason. Their men's soccer team just beat the number one team in UCF. Wild that UCF was the number one soccer team. And their football team's 9-0. So they're like, hey, Charlie Baker, fuck you. It's amazing. I love it. I hope James Madison, the minute that bowl ban is lifted, I hope they make a run to the national championship. I think I think that's slightly optimistic there, Kev. But I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen, but I would love it. Yeah, it'd be like a Cincinnati like fairy tale run that happens. They get up to like five or four and then they lose to, I don't know. It's going to be someone shit too. Like they'll lose a shit game because they got cocky and overconfident. Yeah, it'd be like uh, USC versus LSU, I think it was in 2018. They played against Auburn the year before in 2017 when they went on their undefeated run. Auburn fans like, we didn't care at that point. We got robbed of the CFP. So they beat Auburn, and then they got Hall high and mighty. They lost one game the following year. Thought, oh, we we know what this is. We beat an SEC team last year in our bowl game. Yeah. And then played against LSU before, the year before, Joe Brady got there and overhauled their passing game. It just got fucking demolished. But yeah, I think let the Dukes go bowling. But we mentioned the cultural playoff rankings. You want to talk about this, Kierden? Yeah, let's get right All into right. it. Uh, Air Force, after that embarrassing showing against Army, dropped out of the top 25. So did uh, USC and USLA. So they're out. Kansas State drops down from 23 to 25. North Carolina moves into the rankings to 24. Tulane drops down from 24 to 23. Iowa back in the rankings at 22 and Arizona at 21 after being out of it. Karen, what are your thoughts on those? Uh, Arizona and Iowa, I think are like, well, especially Arizona because Iowa has the defense to back up their team. I think Arizona has come out of absolutely nowhere, frankly. And I don't think that's a ridiculous statement. And what are they now? Like seven and what are they? Seven and uh, one? I, I want to say... Six and three. They're six and three. I Sorry, was going to say me. six and three. That's yeah, what I wanted me. to say, but I was looking it up to get confirmation. Yeah, so six and three. So, uh, pardon me. I think I read something wrong last week. But anyway, uh, I think it's wild that they're six and three because I don't think they had even won three games last year. So, doubling it right off the bat and being el eligible for... Uh, a bowl game is huge. Um, I think Iowa at seven and two is kind of hilarious purely based on the number of points they've scored or rather how few they've let up, I guess is, is more impressive. Um, uh, Cause their scoring has been shit and you know, goodbye Brian France. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's pretty cool for uh, Arizona. How much do you think, the Iowa defensive coordinator hates Brian and by extension, Kirk Ferentz. I think quite a lot because if, if you have an unstoppable defense, you are, you're like, great. This is, this is a key to winning big games. Um, 
Now, based on their record, Iowa has done that, except for the fact that they're playing Big Ten West teams who also can't score, and their own team can't score. And I would argue that I would love to see that at the end of this year that the Iowa defense has outscored the Iowa offense, which, again, oh, I don't please. think is a re- I don't think is a ridiculous statement to make. I mean, yeah, it's outlandish, absolutely, but I don't think it's totally ridiculous. It, it's not. It's not a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, I'm. It's way closer than it should be. Also. Oh, by a long shot. <laughs> it. This is terrible. Uh, I love it. Uh, I think the Iowa defensive coordinator, who I don't know who it is by name, Phil Parker. Phil, I'm sorry. Yeah. We apologize. I'm sorry. On, on I'm sorry, Brian's buddy. Behalf. Like he's just—he's been there for a decade, mm-hmm. so he's had time to get out. But like, ah, oh man, that's how's he also not gotten another job? I feel like Iowa's defense has been one of the best in the country for a decade. How's another school not poaching him? I understand he's 60, yeah, and he hasn't been a head coach before, but yeah, I think it's one of those things that uh, he. Well, he is getting up there in age. Uh, I think he is one of those people that while he is very good at what he does, I think he won't be able to become that head coaching. He wouldn't be able to filter into that head coaching role. I think it would honestly be too much for him. And I'm not saying 60 is like old for a coach because a lot of them are 60, but I think it's kind of, he's kind of ingrained in his ways. And to be perfectly honest, you know what why why stop when it's working type thing um oh i mean another program like i no, i don't I, know like exactly there are plenty of that, here's oh thing. from his perspective from his perspective it it's going well you know i'm make i don't know what his salary is but i can imagine it's fairly good five i yeah i mean to be perfectly frank you know if if he doesn't if he's a true iowan he'll just stay there yeah that's true but like also i feel like USC, triple his salary, or Colorado even, triple his salary, give him a cool 1.5, and have him be your defense coordinator. Y'all need it for a yeah. year or two. Like, it's... And they have the money. USC definitely does. Colorado will soon. If they don't, they just announced a new scoreboard that's three times larger than their current one. So, to put some of that money into Phil Parker. Get Dion a defense. I just love how uh, the AD when upon hiring coach prime didn't actually have the funds to pay him. <laughs> Did you know that? I, I remember reading it. I yeah, don't remember didn't it. Actually I have the funds. But the thing is that the, the hype behind him sold out tickets, sold out season tickets, especially for the, the, the spring game specifically sold out tickets so quickly that they realized if the trend continues, they could make up that money within like three years, which is a bonker statement. Yeah. That's I, I don't want to say insane. It's insane, it but it's a genius move on that. that oh, yes. part. Yeah. hundred percent. I, the, the only problem is coach prime is going to have to turn this season around because you know there was a ton of hype at the beginning lost two or three games and now it's like oh no like what are you like what's going on here man i think this is the hype like the hype was overblown i think this is a really good season for colorado this is a great oh yeah yeah yeah. i'm not i'm not discounting that no i know but so who knows Unfortunately, they're not in these rankings. I'm kind of no. surprised that they didn't just for the hype, but like <laughs> 25 for the first one and then bump them out. But anyway, Notre Dame moves down five spots, number 20 after an embarrassing loss to Clemson. Where are you at, Tyler and Spartanburg? Uh, LSU drops five spots after Dallas Turner rudely killed their quarterback uh, to number 19. Utah is staying pat at 18. Oklahoma is down eight spots to 17. And Kansas is down five spots to 16. Uh, I have no real thoughts on this except Notre Dame. You're an embarrassment. Yeah, pretty much the same. Like every year but, they have all this hype, like Colorado, and then they lose dumb games. Yeah. And and here's here's the other thing, especially with Notre Dame. On this podcast, we particularly hate 
not me as much as Kev, but particularly hate Dabo Sweeney. And I think it's more insulting that Notre Dame lost to Dabo than it is for Notre Dame to just lose another game. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. If it was another team, oh, I'd still make fun of Notre Dame, but yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: it, it wouldn't hurt as much. I wouldn't be mad. I'd just yeah, be like, ah, just, Notre Dame. yeah, exactly. But now you're kind of upset because Clemson was the one to do it. It couldn't have yeah, been. Yeah. It couldn't have been um, fucking Mizzou, right? Because Mizzou, it would have been hilarious, but it wouldn't mean as much. Yeah, that. That's fair. I think that that's tracks. A fair, yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. I agree with that. Uh, next up, Oklahoma State moving down seven spots to fifteen. Mizzou moving down two spots after playing Georgia pretty close to fourteen. Tennessee down four or up four, excuse me, to thirteen. Oregon State up four to sixteen. Louisville up two to eleven, and Penn State up one to ten. In and y'all are out of the comfort zone. I know. I know, and right before Michigan, like you couldn't, you couldn't have just let Louisville or Oregon State jump us. Like for the love of God, you did this on purpose, CFP. You knew that that was the trend. You've got given Michigan a free win. Essentially, it didn't matter about the signs. You've essentially given them a free win, and now they're going to look even better when when they beat us. So I'm 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 furious to say the least. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Next up, you got Ole Miss moving up one spot to number nine. Alabama staying pat at number eight. Texas still at seven. Oregon still at six. And Washington still at five. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. And we will get to those thoughts. Karen, do you have anything to say about this? Uh, no, because I am way more invested in what you have to say now. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, top four also not moving. Uh, Florida State still at four. Michigan at three. Georgia at two and Ohio State at one. What is going on? Alabama was supposed to always get the benefit of that. They were always supposed to be moving up in rankings. Instead, you have ahead of them Oregon. They have an eight-one record, same as Alabama. They have one ranked win. Alabama has three. Strength of schedule sixty-three versus eight. Strength of record ten versus four. Oregon's key wins are against number 18, Utah, uh, Colorado, and Texas Tech. Alabama's are against LSU, who was 10, Tennessee, which was 17, and LSU, which was 14. Now Ole Miss is 9, so that's even more of a top 10 win. And you have Oregon up there. Like, why the fuck are we not doing Like, look, Ohio State shouldn't have moved. They trounced a good Rutgers team. Georgia, probably one of the closer games they've played the last two years outside the SEC championship two years ago. They Them staying at two is fine. Michigan pounded a shitty Purdue team. Fine. Florida State won by 17 against a 2-7 and seven pit. 2-7 and seven pit. Uh, Washington beat up on USC. Or won by 10. That was a back four. That was a good game. Oregon beat up on a shitty Cal team. Texas beat six and three Kansas state by three points in overtime. It's and we had a top 20 win. Why are we not moving at all? I feel like I don't have too much of an argument to make about Texas because they beat us and they, they like to say head to head record matters, but only when they give a fuck about it. <laughs> Oregon being ahead of us is a travesty. Bo Nix, get a fucking job. You're 30. Florida State needed a bullshit, not even bullshit, but like bullshit refereeing to beat Boston College. Who's good this year? Don't get me wrong. But as the number four team in the country, you should be beating up on Boston fucking college. Michigan's cheating. (laughs) And... It's just bullshit that we could have a top 15 win and not move at all. And I've been team in the past. Hey, if a team above you wins semi-convincingly, don't get me wrong, a 17-point win is a good win. You shouldn't move down 
and people shouldn't jump you for also winning. But the committee has shown that they don't care about that. They don't give a shit. And I think I think I think the other thing is, and this is like overarching theme. If it were to come down to it, and you had you know Alabama at six and Washington or Oregon at, at five, and you were going to give the benefit of the doubt, say a Florida State loss knocking them out. If you were to give them the benefit of the doubt, and you were to go head to head, Alabama versus Washington, who's going to win that game? Alabama. I, I don't think that's a ridiculous statement either. So, like, I I understand, uh, or I sympathize, rather, your, with your concern about Alabama not moving at all. Because, in reality, it's going to be the SEC, the Southern schools, are going to beat up Pac-12 teams 99.8% of the time. Yeah. This isn't fucking 2005 anymore when USC is dominant. Right. Like, like here's the thing. Like, if if I'm looking at this, te- this top four right now, I'm saying I would say that all four of those teams could possibly beat Alabama. And I think that's a fair statement. I cannot imagine a world in where Washington or Oregon could beat Alabama in a, a one-on-one. They they just couldn't do it. It would be it would be fifty-six to fourteen by the second half. Yeah, and I <clears throat> frankly, I don't think Florida State could beat this Alabama team. No, I don't think I either. I'm just saying I'm just saying of the top four, I think they could they could all at least hold a close game, right? And Florida State might get a lucky call or a lucky interception or whatever. But I don't think that would ever happen for Washington or Oregon. That's my point. That's fair. And people are going to listen to this. Well, yeah, but those top four are undefeated. Well, that clearly doesn't fucking matter. James Madison's undefeated, and they can even play an A-bowl game. (laughs) This is all fucking bullshit and arbitrary. It doesn't matter until we get to later in the season when it's actually picking which teams are going. And I cannot fucking wait until Alabama is one of those four teams. Yeah. The Jalen Milrow that we saw this past weekend is the Jalen Milrow I was excited for. The guy who could had a cannon arm, but could also run you the fuck over. And that's what he showed. And I'm so excited for the rest of this fucking season. And I am going to be insufferable as we keep winning and start moving up the rankings again. Although, not that it fucking matters, because if you have a top 15, your top 15 win, you're still not going to move up in the rankings. Kev, Penn State could beat Michigan this weekend and not move. (laughs) Well, they would move up, but not, like... Yeah, they'd move up to 8 or 9. I'm not like... Yeah, it'd be insane. Michigan would lose. They'd probably drop to, like, just 7. Really? I think they'd drop more. No, the committee would definitely put them at seven, I feel. Mm. Like, well, it was a top 10 loss. Yeah. To a really good Penn State team that Ohio State needed to get lucky to win again. That's how they would justify it. I'm not saying that's true. I'm not saying luck was at all involved in that game, but that's how but they yes, would justify yes, that's it. How they, yeah, that's how they would They put it, Michigan yeah. at seven. They put fucking Washington at four, or Florida State at three, Washington at four, Oregon at five. Texas at seven, Mississippi, or sorry, Penn State at like six, Mississippi at seven, and then Alabama would stay at eight. Who's Alabama's next opponent? Who's Alabama's next opponent? Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you're not moving, buddy. (laughs) No. No, we're fucking not moving at all. It's going to be something where if we win the SEC championship, we're going to be like six or seven going into that. We're going to win the SEC championship. They're going to put Alabama at like two and Georgia at four. Yeah. That's how it's going to go. I'm calling my shot. Make you you play off again. Yep. But moving on from things that made me miserable. Let's talk about something that made me happy. Iowa Northwestern. That was a game. (laughs) It was. It was certainly Uh, a game. Two teams competed. You know, of all of all the talk lately, 
about this is NFL, but of how, you know, the tush push, that's not, that's not what football is about. That's not how, what the, how the game was meant to be played. It's nice to see two teams just come to a seven to three final score. That's what football is about. That's what Newt Rockney, John Heisman, that's what they were all about. A seven to three win and occasionally beating up on a school that doesn't even have a fucking team. It, it was atrocious. I mean, like, I understand Iowa's lack of scoring because Brian Ferentz can't call a play to save his goddamn life. But I also don't understand how, and I'm I'm reading this verbatim now, it's punt, punt, miss field goal, punt, interception, punt, 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 punt. Punt, end of first, or end of half, punt, touchdown Iowa, punt, 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 downs for uh, Northwestern, punt, touchdown for Northwestern, field goal, end of game. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. (laughs) This This is what college football is all about. And I'm looking, I'm trying to find it real quick. I'm looking for something hilarious I saw. But I need to fucking find it. All right. So, six baseball games at Wrigley this season scored more points than the 10 that were scored. Or was it? It was 17, actually, I think. Mm -hmm. At uh, Wrigley for Iowa Northwestern. Uh, Cubs San Francisco Giants on September 5th, 11 to 8. Was the final score? Wow! Cubs versus Pirates, thirteen to seven on September twentieth. Wow! Uh, Nationals Cubs, seventeen to three in July. Versus the Reds, sixteen to six on August second. Versus the Mariners, fourteen to nine on April eleventh, and on August first, the Cubs won twenty to nine against Cincinnati. You know what makes that worse is the fact that NFL and college football, uh, f- football in general, football points are just made up. Yeah. Because they didn't score two touchdowns. They scored twice. So they get two points. And the fact that a baseball team was able to score, what, 20, point, 20 times they reached home plate. They had the dignity to only count that as one. That's how bad that was. Yeah. It was one and a half. It was one and a half to one. That's the final score. Yeah, it was really bad. And Northwestern scored seven in that game. Four of those games, the losing team would have scored the same or more than Northwestern. They would have beaten or gone overtime against Northwestern just playing baseball. I understand that Big Ten West teams are not the greatest. But do we dissolve that half of the conference? I think... Relegate them. Relegate them to the Yeah, we're going back to relegation. Uh, Yeah, it's ridiculous. I think any Big Ten West team is bowl eligible, mm-hmm. just give James Madison their spot. Mm-hmm. I agree. The Iowa Hawkeyes, for example. Yeah, when they make when they make a bowl game, uh, just let James Madison play instead. Ah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that, that... Yeah. If we can just hang on the Big Ten for one quick second, there was something I, I saw this weekend or this week uh, this week's games this weekend's games that was so funny i had to bring it up it was it was, it was uh, greg Schiano's placement of the ball in the ruckers ohio state game and he was screaming at the sideline referee that it was in the left middle of the between the hash marks right and Fair play to Greg Giano because his entire offense depended 
on the fact that that ball was placed four feet to the left. And and props to him because he stuck to his guns and he got real up in the face of, of the officiating team and was like, this play cannot be run unless that ball is spotted in the correct place. So props to Greg Shiano. I mean, Greg Shiano is a man of convictions and he stands by his principles. Unfortunately, those principles do not involve reporting things you saw in the shower. It's a great point, but uh, thankfully I'm talking about only on-field antics. That's true. I don't think we should refer to what went on there as antics. That's a great point, but I, you know I what I meant. Yes, yes, I I know full well what you meant. Uh, but we'll, we'll keep it in the Big Ten mm-hmm. and scandals in the Big oh, Ten. Oh, perfect. Th- there's uh, not a quite as bad. You're getting so much better at segues. Not not quite as bad as other scandals, although I've seen people compare the two. Oh, yeah. Uh, is Jim Harbaugh actually in trouble? No. So a lot of reports were, oh, he's getting suspended for games. He's getting banned. He's going to be suspended for a whole season. To, oh, no, he's not getting sus- punished at all. Uh, Stallions resigned. Allegedly, Harbaugh had no idea what was going on. And then they claim Purdue, Rutgers, and Ohio State also shared their signs with each other. But then the Big Ten sent a notice of potential discipline. Okay, we know there's, which is insane. Oh, we might punish you. Yeah, we knew that when you started investigating. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the default response. Yeah, you might get discipline or you might not. Like th- Those are the only two options. But do you buy that Harbaugh didn't know? If the sign-stealing scandal happened, which him being on the Central Michigan sideline kind of cemented that it was. It kind of moves away from, he's just a fan, to, oh, no, he is. Oh, oh, 100% nil. I mean, you would have to be the most incompetent head coach to not understand what's going on under your own nose. And I get that, you know, some analysts you know, that who's like a billion steps beneath you, you might not know his day-to-day, sure. But you know it was going on, whether it was from the guy who's managing him, whether it's your head coach or, excuse me, offensive coordinator or something like that. You know that that's what was happening. So I don't buy that he didn't know it, but I also don't buy that he's going to get in trouble at all. I might buy that he didn't know it. Okay, then you're going to have to explain that one to me because I, I I would find the level of incompetence too great. Uh, first off, did we watch Michigan in the past? Great point. Hey, However, like, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I would be surprised. But Cracking under pressure and incompetence are two different things. Michigan has, has had... This is from 2017. They started cracking down on the size of these. But in 2017, Michigan has had 40 staff members on their football team. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then if you go through support staff, they had 22. I feel like Jim Harbaugh has a little bit more to worry about than what the 22nd guy on his staff is doing. Other people might have known. But it's also a question of how much did they insulate Jim Harbaugh? How much did they not let him know what was going on to protect him? Uh, well, if that's the case, then it would have to come down to the offensive and defensive coordinator because they would have to be the last line of defense around Harbaugh. Like, because there's no way, there's no point in having the offensive or defense defensive corners know what's coming, you know, with stealing signs and things like that. And then for them to not go ahead and win the game. So I think it's a bit ridiculous that he wouldn't have known what was going on. And he has to meet with his head coach and, or excuse me, the offensive coordinator and defense coordinator have to meet with Jim Harbaugh every day, right. To go over plays and, and whatever they're doing that week. They, he had to have. Known. Oh, I, I'm not saying that he didn't know that they knew the other team's signs. 
but it's not illegal to know the other team's signs. I'm arguing oh, yeah. it's it's very feasible. He did not know the the why they knew the other team's signs. Oh, part I of it see. I think okay. might also just be he didn't give a shit. He was like, yeah. "Hey, we're winning games. I'm not going to ask questions." That's probably true. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. So, yes, I buy that he didn't know about the extent of it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose I can get on board with that, but I, I would find, I would find that hard to believe coming from a head. I mean, if it's like proved definitively that he actually genuinely had no idea, then I'm okay with that. But I find it difficult to believe anything other than he didn't know, at least to an extent, uh, the what they were doing or how they were understanding the place. But I actually just want to bring up one thing that uh, uh, Lewis Riddick said on Get Up. He said, going back to the early 2000s when I was involved in the per- in personnel in the NFL, sign stealing was a normal part of protocol. People need to stop getting up in arms about this. And and I understand that the NFL and college are different realms of of professionalism, right? You've got kids that are in college that are either there for purely school, uh, purely school or purely athletics, and they are still somewhat impressionable. But on the same token everybody should be stealing signs as, as far as I'm concerned. That's why they oh, have 100%. dummy. That's why they have dummy play college. And the fact that the, the fact that this is only like the first, at least instance in the, I guess the CF, uh, the CFP era that we're hearing about this is just because one person, Connor Stallions probably, or somebody, whoever ratted him out, got a little bit cocky and spoke to one too many people. And Ryan Day being a little bitch and getting his brother to do the detective work for him. Yeah, I I think what this comes down to is Ryan Day's a bitch yeah. and couldn't handle like, oh, they're stealing our signs. And so they beat us two years. How the fuck did that matter to TCU? <laughs> exactly. Like it and people are like, oh, Ohio State told them what the that they were stealing signs, so they switched them up. Why were you not switching up your signs regularly? Yeah. There, there there's like a like even at, at our high school, Kev, we had fake signs. We had fake signs all the time, and we interchanged our our the person who was calling the signs. And there was a uh, a cadence or like a rhythm that what they would do to understand who was the actual play caller and who's actually giving the correct play. But all of them were plays, but it was who was telling the correct one. A high school can do that. Yeah. Fucking are you kidding me? One of the yeah, biggest they're... colleges in the fucking country? Like come on. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking insane. But also I need the Michigan manifesto to leak. <laughs> I need it. I am a big fan of manifestos from Michigan. I I can't see the bottom of your shirt. Oh there. <laughs> I'm wearing a U is for you to bobber shirt. Uh, and oh my god, my girlfriend, I haven't talked about this podcast, so my girlfriend hates this fucking shirt. Wow, really? Shocking. We, we've been traveling lately, and whenever I'm packing, I send her a Snapchat like while she's getting ready to, and I send it to her. And I'm like, I got my airport shirt ready to go. Oh. <laughs> and she's like, no, Kevin. No. Oh, that's great. I, I'm also not allowed to wear this around her family. Are they from Michigan? No, no, but they would they would judge me. It questioned her relationship with me. Mm, okay, yeah, that's more feasible. But yeah. Uh speaking of I, I don't even have a segue for this. No. Uh on. speaking of people who killed someone, Brian Kelly needs to shut the fuck up. For those who didn't see it, Dallas Turner had a borderline hit. I'm going to call it that. Borderline hit on Jane Daniels. Some people said it should have been targeting. Uh, Brian Kelly thinks it should have been targeting. Sent it, said he sent it to the SEC offices, and Jane Daniels had a concussion. He was concussed, 
I'm curious if Brian Kelly sent the clip of him putting a concussed Jane Daniels back into the game. I'm just curious. Like, clearly Brian Kelly doesn't give a fuck about student safety. He killed a kid, for God's sake. Allegedly, for legality. Yeah, allegedly. And allegedly, we should all be lucky, I guess, that Brian Kelly didn't then send Jane Daniels up into a scissor lift. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just putting him back in the game was probably safer. Yeah, I... that, that That's... Uh, I... I don't want to say I'm sick of like the talk about head to head contact or, or like the targeting rule. Cause I think they're meant for good things that they're the way it's gone about is poor. I think what they should have is, is what they, what they do in rugby. So you have an independent, uh, an independent doctor essentially and the independent doctor takes them off does a concussion test essentially and and you get sent off like you you're not allowed to come back to the field to play you get replaced with a sub and if you're deemed by you know an independent doctor that says look we uh you know we've evaluated him he seems completely coherent we can't tell if there's any concussion symptoms and you send them back after 10, 15 minutes, that's fine, right? That fine. But the thing is, if you get the, if you, if you are diagnosed with even a possible concussion, you don't come back in, you're done for the day, right? And if it, you know, if in a day's time, fogginess clears up and, you know, display any symptoms, sure, you can go back to practice. It's no big deal. But like, just have it like that. Don't let the coach be the one to, give the okay for a player to go back in because this will happen and it will exacerbate injuries and exacerbate concussions and exacerbate brain damage, especially early on when these kids brains are still developing. So make, make that the rule it's done in rugby. It can be done in the NFL and college. Yeah. And I mean, colleges have a medical staff that are, I'm hoping the one signing off on if a player goes back in or not. I don't know if they're team Uh, affiliated though, which they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. That's that's part of the problem, I think, is that they are team affiliated. Yeah. Then again, though, the NFL has independent concussion specialists that almost got Tua killed because they said he didn't have a concussion, and he clearly fucking did. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's it, Brian Kelly's just annoying. I'm sick of him. I hated him before now, and now that he's in conference, I'm dealing with his insufferability more constantly. Where he's talking about how he has a Boston, a Southern Midwest Boston accent. That still annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. He's just, he's the worst. And he killed a kid and he tried to kill another one. And there should be penalties. I think for putting him back in the game. The NCAA needs to step in and say, hey. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. But you then proceeded to put him back in the game when he was concussed. Yeah, who's the bigger crook? Jim Harbaugh for potentially stealing signs or <laughs> Brian Kelly for pot- almost killing a kid? <laughs> Another kid. Another kid. Uh, in the NCAA, has actually revised penalties in the past, and they did it recently too. It's They're open to change and revising things there need they need to revise their rules and say if you put a guy who clearly has a concussion back in the game you're punished and the ncaa also revised their betting penalties this week uh in the past if you bet on any sport you were immediately forfeiting all eligibility now if you bet on a sport you do not play i.e if i'm an alabama football player i bet on alabama baseball I only use lose a year of eligibility. Uh, I think that's the right move. I think they do potentially have some influence on other sports. They probably have, they have friends on the team. They know people on the teams. Mm-hmm. So I think a year, losing a year of eligibility is fair. Although I think it would be better if they don't suspend you for a year. You just lose that year. So... Like, let's say it's week three. You have your true freshman, so you have four years of eligibility left. 
you can still play week four, but now you only have three years of eligibility left. Oh, I see what you're saying. Just because I think that'd be funny. Yeah, that would be funny. I mean, essentially, it's the same thing. But yeah, I I, yeah. I know what you're saying. But yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a I think that's a perfectly reasonable rule. But hold on, sorry. They can bet like for NFL or like provided their state allows it, they can bet on like the NFL or whatever, right? They don't have. I'm that's assuming. Not an issue. Okay, because that's how it that's how it appears. I haven't read the thing. Um, personally but that's if if they're allowed bet i mean again provided their state allows and they're allowed bet on nfl professional you know soccer league you know european soccer uh yeah that's fine but i do uh, understand i yeah ncaa rules prohibit, prohibit participation in sports wagering activities and providing information to individuals involved in or associated with any type of sports wagering activities concerning intercollegiate amateur or professional athletics competition. So no, they can't bet at all. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, that seems a bit harsh, but I mean, again, NIL deals are lucrative. You don't need to bet. What if you want to, what if you want to boost some of those earnings? You want to, you know, put a slick $10 down on the Rangers to win the world series at the beginning (laughs) of the season. Like we're punishing entrepreneurs here. That's the problem. (laughs) So the NCAA has decided in the last three weeks, it's illegal to be a fan. It's illegal to move from FCS to FBS. It's illegal to tackle people and it's illegal to be an entrepreneur. God, Soviet NCAA. Ridiculous. Lou Holtz is probably thrilled. Such a weird way to bring him back into this fucking podcast. Like I get we could do it with with Ryan Day and his beef, but like that's just I just feels like it's a real stretch. No, Lou Holtz is a communist. Yes, All right. he is a Soviet sleeper agent. Uh, moving on, you want to talk about Heisman odds real quick? Sure. Uh, so Travis per MGM. Brock Bowers, Travis Hunter, and Quinn Ewers are off the board for Heisman odds. Thank God a tight end was never winning the fucking Heisman. Yeah. Can we just get that out of the way? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, next up, you got Shadir Sanders at plus 25,000. Blake Corum at plus 12,500. That cutie Sam Hartman in South Bend up to or at plus 6,600. Drake May at plus 6,600 as well. Jalen Milrow plus six thousand, Caleb Williams plus five thousand, Dylan Gabriel at plus twenty five hundred, uh, Carson Beck, Georgia's quarterback two thousand, Marvin Harrison Jr. a thousand, Jordan Travis plus eight hundred, JJ McCarthy plus six hundred, Jane Daniels plus three hundred, Bo Nix plus two hundred, get a fucking job, Bo, and Michael Pettix Jr. at plus one fifty. Karen, do you think any of these guys are going to win the Heisman? If you had to pick one to tie your cart to, uh. Based on how he's been playing Penix, I think he's been playing outstanding. Um, and uh, while the next, I'd say, Jane Daniels, Travis, and Harrison are all really good candidates, I don't think there's any chance of of that. I mean, unless I mean, unless something crazy happens and it completely turns around, there's, I'd say, there's very little chance. Yeah, I think Penix going toe to toe with Caleb Williams and coming out on top is was his Heisman moment. I think yeah. barring, like you said, anything crazy. Uh, I think Jane Daniels will also be in New York, it, barring any long term absences <laughs> due to due to his concussion. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious who the token defensive player is going to be that they invite every year. Whoever's like, yeah, he's not he's not winning. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. Saying, I think it probably will be Travis Hunter. Mm-hmm. Like he's only half. He plays wide receiver and corner, but they'll probably invite him. Say that checks that box for the minority defensive player. So we're good. But yeah, so before we get out of here, I want to talk to you, Kiernan, about the perfect drive. Okay. We talked a lot about. Iowa Northwestern being what John Heisman and Newt Rockney and what all those old coaches were all about when it came to college football, Mississippi state 
20 plays, 88 yards, 12 minutes and 29 seconds, they kicked a field goal. Amazing. At that point, you have to go for it on fourth down. You're like, well, we've taken this long. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, you, you, you should go for it. And if how close were they to the end zone on that drive? Uh, at least know. 12 yards. Ah, you got to go, go for it all. A hundred percent. I'm kind of disappointed in them, but I think that is the perfect drive. Mm-hmm. Score so, points, pre- take time off the clock, wear out the other team's defense. It's the perfect drive. Uh, they were down seven to three after they kicked that field goal. Amazing. <laughs> Which makes it even better. It, it does. It's ridiculous. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, that's our show for this week. This is, as always, this shit show is brought to you by Yeats. Head over to yeatsofficial.com, promo code tailgate for 10% off your order. Uh, great sunglasses. I say this every week, but I love them so much. My favorites are back in stock. So I'm going to have to order those if my car doesn't cost me a fucking arm and a leg to fix tomorrow. But if I can't buy them, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. I love them. I'm probably going to send Kiernan some for Christmas. You almost call me Siernan. I may. No, I think I just fucked up the word. I think I fucked up. Send Kiernan. Yeah, I think I just fucked that up. Uh, also, my phone always reads it as Siarnan, and uh, I laugh yeah, every yeah. time. Whenever I'm driving and you text me and I click your name, and it's like, Siarnan has texted you, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I get I, a little mad. I'm like, that's not how you pronounce it. Yeah, but like, I, I get that from an English perspective, for especially like a, 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 an AI, not an AI voice, but like a, a generated voice trying to pronounce it. It very much looks like Searden. Yeah, but I don't think we should... Well, let's, it's an English voice, so fuck that. Fuck them. Fuck the English. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I don't want to appropriate your culture, Kiernan. But can we say up the raw? Yes, go on. All right, up the raw, baby. <laughs> Everyone have a good, safe, fun weekend. Don't drive if you drink too much. One, two, See ya. Three. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Stu. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, <clears throat> go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year. Half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.